It's Sunday, June 6th, and this is the Option Key webcast. This is the Option Key webcast. Stuff on Google. PC. Fred, you got Vista 64 yet? His router's piece of garbage on. That's probably the hyper-threading kicking in and the 20% faster per core. GTX 280. Google Docs. Not fun. Yeah, well, you know, you understand where Microsoft's trying to come from, where they're trying to change the file edit view menu. My money's going to be on, no, you will not have a problem. And, uh, yeah, I've had nothing but good experiences with it. Very big mistake. If it wasn't backwards compatible, because, I mean, they got harassed about Vista. Well, in the business world, if your apps don't work, you don't switch. Because the, the thing here is, I mean, the apps are backwards compatible. Yeah, but we heard this all before. You know what? I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it lasted, you know, for five years, and I bet you... So yours will be better right now for rendering, but the i7s will be faster. I have here with me Dalen from NorthRepublic.com and uh, DigitalMediaJobs.ca. Dalen, welcome. Thanks. Today we're going to be copying, uh, talking about website development and what we're going to uh, be particularly discussing is... Uh, things from the Google I.O. conference, uh, such things as the uh, API for uh, the font face uh, implementation, uh, basically allowing other fonts that don't have to be installed into uh, the web browser to be displayed. So uh, that's a neat thing came out of Google I.O., I'm very excited for it, along with some other things uh, here, such as uh, Flash on the mobile devices, uh, you know, uh, the new Google Wave. That's a really neat experience, and a lot of things to do with Chrome. Uh, and I also wanted to talk a little bit about the new Apple's HTML, HTML5 standards. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, do you know much about the uh, Apple HTML5 announcement, Dalen? <laughs> yeah, I saw the site or the page that they put up with the demos and stuff. I checked it out. And you should know that you really couldn't check it out unless you were using Safari. They are using yeah. a uh, JavaScript detection for that. Yeah, which is I thought was kind of funny. It's almost as if they're implying that... Safari is the only browser that supports HTML5, which is obviously not the case. So I don't really know what their what their intention was with that, or if I mean, it seemed to me like they were they were trying to put forward that they're kind of leading the leading the way, which we all know is not really the case. But interesting, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, I was trying to look at it at work. I was using uh, Chrome which is right. far more compliant than Safari is. Right. And, yeah, I couldn't view it. I was like, okay, yeah. that's shitty. Yeah, because, I mean, there's no doubt that the demos would have all worked just fine in in uh, Chrome or Firefox 3.6 or whatever whatever it happened to be. I don't think they were doing anything that, that was WebKit-specific. Um, so, obviously, it's just a marketing thing, which is kind of silly, but... Well, that, and I mean, they really should have opened it up to basically every other browser except for IE. Yeah, for sure. 
yeah, it seemed kind of cheap. Like they were they were using it because it could have been a good, and I mean I'm sure it they were good demos. And and as with as is the case with most of the stuff Apple does, it's um they were well done and it was well laid out. And they could have used it as a sort of a good um, promotional piece for just moving HTML5 forward. But they kind of had to take the low road and and throw this whole Safari thing into it, which is I don't really know how much that really helped them. I think that probably, um, from a marketing standpoint, at least is kind of a stepping on their own feet. But yeah, I agree. It probably hurt them more than it helped them. Uh, probably would have helped them a lot if they would have opened it up to Firefox and Chrome. Yeah. Uh, have you had a look at the IE9 Beta 2? You know what? I haven't. Um, I've read some stuff about it, and I think everything that I've read is fairly optimistic. I think it, people are pretty um, surprised and excited about sort of what, what they're doing with IE9, but I have I haven't used it, so... I've used it. I'm cautiously optimistic because, like with all things Microsoft, at the you know very end of the project, they could just throw a switch and it could just kill it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They tend to promise a whole bunch of stuff and then and then sort of pull the rug out from underneath it in the last minute. Um, the one thing that I'm fairly certain is going to happen is it will probably clear up a whole bunch of issues with the prior versions of ie but as is always the case the it'll open up a whole new ish bunch of issues and as a web developer i mean it's it'll just be another piece of software that we have to debug and test for and and i'm sure even though it'll clean up a bunch of other issues there'll be new stuff so i mean i'm uh i'm like you i'm sort of cautiously awaiting it and and we'll see and see when they finally release it do you know when the the release the final launch date is for it or not offhand. I have. I'm running the beta two right now. Um, I'm kind of expecting it in the fall. Right. Uh, that just seems to be a good date for, you know, Microsoft will be releasing uh, Office 2010. Right. By then, so I imagine they'll just do a bulk release. Now, do you know? Because what'll be interesting? Because I think what tends to drive the usage of their different browsers is is how it's bundled and how it's sort of pushed on people. Because as we know, the majority of the people that use Windows and IE as a browser don't really know what a browser is and don't care. They just sort of use whatever's there. And I think part of the reason why IE6 is so prevalent still is because it's that's what comes with XP, which is what a lot of people use in, the, in their offices and stuff, right? Yeah. So is it going to be pushed with Windows 7 or how is it how's that sort of working do you know I doubt it uh, it'll yeah. probably be a download much like IE8 is right so and it'll be some it'll be something that they'll have to go out and, and install on their own well it'll be a Windows update right okay yeah right they'll push it out that way yeah uh, much like the updates for Safari uh, right. come through software update for Apple yeah right uh, but like I tell everyone you know uh, I'm on a Mac. I use Chrome. Then I have Firefox. Then I have Safari. Then I have Opera. Yeah. And on uh, Windows, uh, you know, I have Chrome, Firefox, uh, Opera, Safari, then IE. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I have all the browsers. I tend to still use Firefox on the Mac as my primary browser only because of the uh, the web development plug or add-ons. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sort of I can't find anything that really takes the place of them in Safari or in Chrome. So I haven't made the switch yet. But I know, if, I mean, when I, whenever I use Chrome or Safari, I'm always surprised by how fast they are. Um, so, I mean, and I've tried. I've had different different bouts with trying them or trying them and using them to replace Firefox. And I usually last about two days and then I switch back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for Firefox, that's the main browser I use at work. Um, at home, I'm strictly basically Chrome, except for a few pages that don't work properly in WebKit. Right. Um, like my router, it doesn't work with WebKit. Really? Really. That's strange. Yeah, I have a D-Link DIR six five five, and it doesn't work with uh, WebKit browsers. Weird. Uh, but that being said, I mean, that's why I have Firefox installed as a backup. Right. right. Yeah. I've just, I have a whole bunch of add-ons for Firefox that I've come to rely on. There's about six or seven and, um, and I've tried, I mean, there are, I mean, there's the developer, I can't remember what they call it, but in Safari, there's the developer tools, which are pretty good, but they, they're not quite as good as Firebug or the web developer add-ons in Firefox. So I've just sort of come to rely on it for work and I just sort of use it for browsing as well. So Yeah. Uh Chrome actually has a really good SEO plugin. Right. Uh which isn't available in Firefox, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah, I think I found a lot of the uh popular ones in Firefox that are being ported over to the other browsers. So. But uh there was a very interesting article that uh said that uh Firefox was like the beginning of uh, the internet, right? Everyone was on IE because everyone had IE and that was it. Yeah. Then Firefox came and started the web revolution. Now it's kind of time for Firefox to retire and move away because it's starting to get bloated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember, I mean, back way, way back when Netscape 4.7 was the, was the browser that everybody hated. Um, Like I remember back in the day having to, test for that and i mean ie wasn't i think it was uh, i don't even remember the versions but i remember like uh netscape 4.7 being the worst um and then it just sort of disappeared right like nobody it just doesn't exist anymore yeah i liked 4.7 <laughs> yeah i just i know i just remember and i don't remember any specifics but i just remember it being the like you know how now ie6 is the browser that web developers hate and it's the one that causes all the issues i just i remember netscape 4.7 being like that back in the day well back in the day i mean you had either ie6 or netscape 4.7 because everyone was running windows yeah everyone went for ie6 that's probably why 4.7 was the bane because it actually complied to open more open standards than IE did. I mean, you remember JScript? Yeah, for sure. So Yeah, yeah, the proprietary stuff, yeah. <laughs> Gotta hate that. Yeah, I remember too, I remember IE5 on the Mac. Like, this was before I really started using a Mac. I worked in a, um, a company, and I was the only guy on Windows. Everyone else was using Mac, and uh, they all used IE5. 
Yeah. For yeah, which is the I think the the last version that I ever shipped for the Mac. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I know. I have a copy of it, and it doesn't work in anything ten point four and above. Yeah. Yeah, back then they were using OS nine. I'm pretty sure. So, um, did you have a look at the uh, Google uh, Font API? Uh, yeah. Well, I haven't played with it, but I've read a bunch of stuff on it. And I mean, I'm I've used Typekit quite a bit. So, and I have I think that Typekit and Google are kind of um kind of work. Aren't they working together on this? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I mean I've used Typekit quite a bit. So I don't know. I don't know how the 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 new Google API sort of ties in with that, but well, the Google API um, ties in with the free fonts, right? Um, I like the idea of Typekit. Yeah. I don't like the idea of having to pay for it, right? Yeah. See, the issue is like any of these because there's a bunch of them. Typekit's not the only one. There's a there's a handful of them. And they're not really, they're not really doing anything new in terms of allowing fonts to be used because we've we've had like um, Cipher and Kufon and all these different sort of Flash-based ways to display fancy fonts with and have it be rendered as HTML text or whatever it is. Um, we've been able to do that for years, but the issue that Typekit addresses is the licensing issue because there's this huge sort of murky area when it comes to licensing fonts to be used and really when you're not taking that into an account into account and you're just sort of grabbing whatever font is on your machine and using Cipher or Kufon to throw it up on a server and all that, you're not you're kind of bypassing the whole paying the, the people who develop these typefaces for for uh um for their work, right? So yeah. I I like that's why I like Typekit is because it's all they throw everything on the table. It's you pay for it. It's all above board, and the typeface designers get their cut, right? So it, they're not sort of you're not. It's not illegal or it's not shady in any way. Yeah. Uh, well, I use Font Squirrel. Right? right. Yeah. Which I think is kind of like Typekit, is it not? Yeah. It's, it's just it's just all free stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So where are they getting their typefaces from? Are they they're just using open source? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All the uh, fonts in the Google font directory can all be found on uh, Font Squirrel. Right. So is the the new the Google then thing is obviously going to be free, or are they going to have paid versions? I imagine later on they'll have paid versions for the font API. Right. Um, right now, to get it widely adopted, I imagine it's just going to remain free for now. Yeah. Yeah, Google has deep pockets. They they can do that sort of thing. Yeah, like I know that's what they did with um, all the the Google apps, like the for the domain and stuff. It was all free, and then they sort of came out with the enterprise edition, I guess. Yeah, and didn't you purchase that or set that up for somebody? I did. Yeah. Well, I had a client that that I set it up for, and then I found out after the fact they needed more than fifty users. Um, they were just using the Gmail for their with their own domain which they loved and everyone was used to it and and the thought of going to something else didn't really appeal to them but when they found out that the enterprise was 50 bucks per user per year i mean for when you've got hundreds of users that can add up for a small sort of organization so but i was able to get them a 
they're a nonprofit, so I was able to get it for free for them, which worked out really well. Oh, excellent! Yeah, so uh, they were ha- they were happy about that. So, well, kudos on uh, Google for doing that. I can't imagine Microsoft would ever do anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have um they have an an educational version. So if you're an educational institute, you can use it for free. And then they have um, a nonprofit version, which I think is the same thing. It's just it's just classified differently for different um for different um organizations the thing that was frustrating is there's no i mean it's really tough to find any any documentation about setting it up for nonprofits and all that stuff and everything was about american nonprofits and it was all specific to that so i sent an email and i actually had a guy call me from google and it kind of threw me for a loop he said hi this is so and so from google and uh and he was great he just he said, I just told him what the situation was, and he walked me through it, and he said, yeah, no problem. And then it took about two weeks, and I got an email with every, with all the details, and, and now everything's good to go. So oh, it excellent. worked out. Yeah. Uh, that's really surprising. Google never calls anybody. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I guess, I guess yeah, I sent an email, and they called. It was about a day later, too. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. So, so there are actual real people that work at Google. <laughs> They're not it's just not, robots. No, it's not just a giant machine. <laughs> um, well, moving on from the well, I see lots of use for font face. Oh, absolutely! I think it's great. I mean, any, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, I mean, pushing the browsers and all that stuff as far as we can, um, and I think. Yeah, I mean, using using CSS to do it is is great. I think because I'm I mean, I don't know if you've ever used Cipher or Kufon or anything like any of the JavaScript Flash sort of solutions, but they're kind of messy and and to to customize and make it work properly was kind of a pain. But I mean, it worked. But yeah, but um, being able to just directly link to a font file and then style it, I think is is great. Yeah, well, that's exactly why I don't use the uh, JavaScript. Uh, flash implementation it adds a whole bunch of code which isn't good for seo well exactly yeah yeah and anytime you've got and it and it was kind of spotty like the like especially cipher from what i remember it's been a while since i used it but getting sizing like it was always a relative sizing thing so you it was really tricky to figure out how to size things properly and it it just never really made sense to me but so I, you, you always tried to have, or always had to try to hack it to make it work properly. But, um, but, and then to contrast that, like I've used Typekit on a few projects, and it's so simple. Like it's just, it's really, it's night and day. Like it's so easy to implement. So yeah. I imagine if if what Google's planning and and the API is is as simple as that, which I'm sure it probably is, then it's going to open up a whole bunch of, of, uh, of, of, uh, or open it up to a whole bunch more people, which is great. Well. You know, there's so many things happening for the new HTML5, CSS3, uh, Ajax uh, implementations. Yeah. Do you personally see a... uh, Oh, just one minute here. I got another uh, person to add to our... Another person to add to our uh, little uh, roundtable here. Got Troy Tai who's a web designer and a 3D rendering model artist. Here. Bring him in. Troy? 
Yep. You're live on the podcast. Uh, we got uh, Dalen Wood, who was an instructor at Nate. How you doing? <laughs> Welcome. We were just talking about the uh, font face and uh, CSS3 and HTML5. And Dalen, I was just asking you if you thought, uh, what's Flash's future on the web? Right. Um, well... I don't think Flash is going anywhere anytime quick. I mean, I think there'll always be a place for it. I've always sort of been an advocate for using the right tool for the for for the right job, right? So, I mean, and Flash definitely has a place. And I think up until very recently, it's always it's been like the clear winner for things like video on the web, audio on the web, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, it won that war years and years ago and I mean it's sort of been the way to go and and even now with HTML5 video it's not at the point where you can really use it and have it be consistent across all your browsers and devices yet I mean I'm sure within time it it will be there and I have no doubt that it will surpass Flash as far as the the de facto standard but I don't think Flash is going anywhere Um, although I do think if, if I was one of those people who had sort of put all of my eggs into that basket and bet the farm on Flash. I'd be feeling kind of, I'd be, I'd be sweating it right now because I think um, we're definitely going to see, well, I mean, we already have seen over the last few years, but we're probably going to see not as much Flash being used, but I think there'll always be a place for it for sure. Troy, what do you think Flash's future is for the web? Uh, well, I don't think Flash is going to have much of a future for the web. I do agree with uh, Dalen that you know it does have its spot on the web right now. Um, but especially for the video aspect of it, as soon as the HTML5 can actually get the, the video stuff done properly, uh, I would see Flash being phased out more and more until maybe eventually just disappearing. Uh, one of the things at work that we have a huge issue with is the flash compression mm-hmm. and the, the way when we take our uncompressed AVIs and compress it for flash, how terrible it looks. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if, if putting the video into the HTML5 makes that a lot better, I can see lots of companies switching over to the HTML5 just simply because you're getting a better quality of video. Well, you guys have seen the difference on trailers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Star Trek, uh, you know, there was a trailer on Apple.com that was H.264, and there was one on the Star Trek site, which was Flash. Yeah, yeah, there's no comparison. I mean, you watch all the browsers, or all the trailers on Apple's site, that's where I usually go to watch browsers, and it's, I mean, it's, it. they all look really good. Yeah. I think the from my perspective, like... As a, as a web developer, anytime in my mind that you can remove a third-party proprietary plugin from the mix is is a good idea because, I mean, the fact that eventually we'll be able to sort of seamlessly run video natively in the browser without a plugin, I think, I mean, how can Flash compete with that? They can't, right? Well, hold on here because let's make one thing clear. Microsoft and Apple own patents on H.264. Well, okay, but that's not that's the format of the video, right? Yeah. I mean, it's still being run natively in the browser. So, I mean, I agree that it's the formats aren't open. And I mean, even now, like, what is the format that Firefox supports? It doesn't support H.264. It's like, 
what what is the format? Og. I can't remember. Yeah, Og. So Og Vorbis or whatever it is. And which Google has bought recently. Well, I shouldn't say bought. Right. But donated dump trucks full of money to the development of Og. Uh, right. Which brings me to that uh, WebN Open Video Playback standard. Yeah. Uh, which I think will be probably in the next... I mean, if they can get it to look better than H.264, yeah. that is going to be the de facto web standard, despite Safari and Internet Explorer not supporting it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I haven't read much about that, but all I know is um, I just think... I mean, and, and then there's the whole performance thing, and like all of us can attest to this. The minute you load up a website that's got lots of flash going on, like, I mean, it just it just sucks your RAM, right? So, um, and I mean, video is fairly processor-intensive stuff, and it's like if you can remove that from the, from the, from the equation um, and do it natively in the browser where it's using the... It's using the the browser itself to to handle all that. I think it's. I mean, I think that's a good thing. Well, then Flash also sucks CPU cycles like nothing. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is probably why Apple hasn't allowed it on the iPad and iPhone. I. Well, I, I think that they've also they didn't allow it on the iPad and iPhone simply because of the user interface, right? Because now it's all multi-touch. That's. <coughs> That thoughts on Flash that Steve Jobs had posted on the Apple website, right? He goes into a fair bit of detail about, you know, how Flash is <clears throat> the appropriate format for uh, multiple touch user interface, right? It's more of yeah. a mouse and keyboard, mm-hmm. right? And as computers are actually moving more and more to the multi-touch kind of kind of thing, right? Flash should also be probably affected by that, right? Like I do agree with them saying that, you know, it is a Mouse, mouse and keyboard kind of interface for Flash, <clears throat> but yeah. um, you know, with companies like HP creating like the Touch Smart and stuff, you know, maybe Flash isn't the best interface. You know, just running it on your computer normally. Yeah. Well, and I want, I wonder actually if Adobe has cooked up plans to sort of deal with that whole interface issue. Like I imagine they've got people sort of working on that. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but. But yeah, you're right because that would be that's a huge thing. Like if your if your site was built and developed to be controlled using a mouse and a keyboard, I mean it's not really going to translate that well to a touch device. So I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. and also on HP's attempt with uh, the HP Slate, right, uh, which is their version of kind of the iPad. If you ever saw Flash on that device, it was terribly slow. Yeah, I don't know if that's the device itself's fault, or if that's the Windows Mobile Seven, but yeah. just in the previews with the Flash, it was just like you know unbearable almost. Did well, you guys did you guys watch any of that video, the interview with Steve Jobs at that at the All Things Digital? I, I followed I, the uh, tweets. I didn't get a chance to see the video, but I did follow the tweets, and I thought he was very enlightened about it. Yeah, I mean. He laid out the case pretty clear, and I think I think that video sums it up. He basically said, well, two things. He said, first of all, we've like Apple has gone to Adobe and said, hey, listen, if you can make it work properly and fast enough, do it and show it to us, and we'll consider it. But they haven't done that. And the other thing that he said was, he said they let the marketplace dictate what they do. Like they they're making they're making 
products for their for their customers. And he says, and it was funny. He said, you know what? Nobody seems to be missing Flash. We've sold two million of these things in two months. Right? Yeah. So I mean, I don't think. I mean, and another thing to remember too, and this is something I think a, there's sort of a a lot of people don't understand is that Adobe compared to Apple is is small beans. Like they're not even in the same ballpark as far as the size of the organization and the market um, impact and all that sort of stuff. I mean, they're not competitors. No, they really aren't. I mean, they don't, they don't do the same thing. They're not in the same league. They don't compete at all. Well, they compete in the audio and video, but that's not for the web regardless. Right. And I mean, primarily if you were to ask anyone at Apple, they're not, I mean, that's not what their focus is, right? They're, they're selling iPods. They're selling iPads. They're selling iPhones. They're selling, I mean, they make a lot of money on, I'm sure they make a lot of money on software, but that's not that's not what their drive is, right? Whereas with Adobe, they're a software company. That's what they do. I don't like how much money do you think Adobe makes off of Flash? Probably not much. No, I wouldn't imagine so. No, so I don't really. I mean, I understand why they why they're pushing for it and they want it because it's their thing. But I don't really see it as being a huge part. I think they make most of their money on Photoshop, to be honest. Oh yeah, for and, sure. And like the Creative Suite, which I guess Flash is a part of, but. Yeah, what, what's amazing is uh, how much cost difference the Creative Suite is for an education, and educational product compared to a regular product. Like, yeah. it, like it's easily like two grand more. <laughs> oh, I know it's crazy. Yeah. Like even even at Nate, like when I when I was there, we had like I could purchase purchase it for a fraction of what what you can get it at the store, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I've been talking to several sales reps from Adobe because uh, I have three computers, two Macs and a PC. I don't feel I should pay $4,600 to put three licensed copies of the Creative Suite yeah. on my machines. Yeah, that's that's insane. Like, that's that's a lot of money. Who can afford that? I mean, <laughs> imagine if you're running a small business and you have four or five people working for you. It's like... I mean, it's that's that's like that's a huge part of your overhead. Yeah, and you're and, expected to pay eight hundred dollars every upgrade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no wonder that um, that there's alternatives coming to the market, right? Like the other sort of other sort of um, pieces of software. I mean, I will give them one. I get, will give them credit in that they do give a substantial break to the to the. Um, um, the educational institutes, which is smart because these are the people that are going to be using the software, right? So yeah. get get them hooked. They're like it's like they're like drug dealers, right? Give them the first tip for free, and then they'll pay for it later, right? Yeah, yeah. Unless you're me and you use open source software, like for instance, yeah. this podcast, all open source, running yeah. Mac OS ten, Skype. Well, Skype's not open source, but uh, we're recording with Audacity. We're using Soundflower for channeling the audio. And uh, another program called Line In so I can have my mic go to the virtual uh, sound mixer. Yeah. So, I mean, and if you've ever looked at a program called Inkscape, it's yeah, basic. No, I haven't. You have it? No, I haven't used it. No. No. It is basically the open source version of Illustrator, and you know what? I like it better than Illustrator. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, the controls and everything you can do, it really puts Illustrator to shame. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, even for Photoshop, there's, I mean, there's there's other alternatives. That's the thing, right? I mean, there's on the Mac you've got Pixelmator, which isn't quite as powerful, but it's super slick. Like the interface is beautiful, and it does like seventy some percent of the of the of the functionality of Photoshop. And it's not free, but it's way cheaper, right? And you have GIMP. GIMP exactly, which I mean is, uh, yeah, I've never used, but yeah. I've used it. It's a little difficult, but, I mean, you could get used to it. Yeah. And you have Scribus, which is basically an open-source version of InDesign, which needs a lot of work. Right. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Another one, I think it's called Acorn, which is a Mac one as well, which I remember, I think I downloaded and installed it, and it was pretty um, pretty sparse as far as features go, but I think they've improved it quite a bit since I used it, and I think, I remember thinking that it it, the interface was really nice like it it worked really well and it was kind of different than Photoshop but in a good way Yeah, I mean I've never really been a huge fan of the way Adobe does their interfaces because I think they kind of well especially on the Mac it's not it's not like a, a native Mac app like it doesn't feel native Yeah, it feels like Windows it almost, yeah it feels like, like they've just yeah I don't know I, I get the same feeling when I use like um, Adobe Air apps you know where they're running as if they're native, but they really don't feel native because they're just because the user interface controls are all flash-like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually like shocked at some of the differences in the Adobe products themselves on how different the user interface is. Oh, it's crazy! Yeah, it's like, like they've got 40 different teams working yeah, on it. Yeah, it's and they don't even talk to each other, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. I saw a blog, I saw a blog post where a guy I can't remember what's what the site was but a guy had posted all of the different um, arrows that are used just in Photoshop like user interface arrows and there was like forty two of them or something like it was crazy and they all do it functionally they do exactly the same thing but they're different right yeah yeah actually if you guys are interested I'll be talking to uh, David Howe from Adobe he's the Photoshop project manager uh oh now we're in trouble. <laughs> uh, you guys are welcome to uh, join me with any questions you have about uh, Photoshop and development and that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's uh, going to be happening July 21st at 12 o'clock uh, our time, 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to check and see. But yeah, that might be might be fun. So... Uh, moving on, <laughs> I actually got to meet the uh, I got to meet the president of Apple Canada about a week ago at, at Nate. They were doing a sort of a walkthrough with the president of Nate, Sam Shaw. Oh yeah, and, and they had um, yeah, so the president of Apple Canada and um, and some of his and some of the other people from Apple were or um, were sort of touring around, and it was kind of neat. We got to sort of meet him and ask him some questions. And of course, one of my colleagues, the first thing he said was, so what's the deal with you guys and Adobe? And he started laughing and he said, he said that that's the one thing that he's had to, that's taken up the mo- most of his time in the last like month is just everywhere he goes, people want to talk about Flash and Adobe and Apple and all this stuff. He says it's crazy. Yeah, but I, that's just a, it's just a technology, uh, like we said before, they're not really competitors. It's yeah, they're change. not. Yeah, oh, exactly. Like I was saying, like I joked a little bit about, I, like I bet you Steve Jobs right now has enough money in his wallet that he could pull out and buy Adobe flat out. He probably carries it around with him. Doesn't he only get a dollar? 
I don't know. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, that's supposed to be his yearly salary, but his bonuses yeah. are insane. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's a billionaire, right? So, yeah. like, I don't know what, what's Adobe's, what are they worth? Like, two, two billion bucks or something like that? Like, whereas, yeah. whereas with Apple, they're, they're in the hundreds of billions now, right? I think there, isn't their market share now more than, or their market cap is now more than Microsoft's or something? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. been like that for two months now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, Microsoft's slowly on the deathbed there. Also, you know what? They, sorry, go ahead. Also, you got to look at, you know, like, uh, basically everything Steve Jobs has done, <laughs> right, yeah. on kind of his track record on how right he's been on a lot of things. Yeah. Right? So basically, sure. if he says Flash is going gonna, is gonna to fail, I kind of, you know, <laughs> he can kind of sway me that way because I just look at all the stuff that he's done in this yeah. world and like it's absolutely amazing well yeah he's he's had a pretty good comeback that's for sure yeah like i mean pixar wouldn't even exist without steve jobs right yeah for sure speaking yeah. of which they i just saw that they they just opened uh pixar canada which i thought was kind of neat in vancouver yeah. Yeah, yeah i saw the video for that that was pretty neat yeah so troy are you gonna apply <laughs> yeah we'll see what a dream job eh? it looks like it'd be a pretty neat place to work for sure oh definitely yeah. yeah, just probably some long hours there, though. Yeah, for sure. Mind you, it's Disney now, so you never know. Yeah. Um, back to the HTML5 thing. Um, what? Uh, oh, there was one thing I want to bring up first. Uh, flash on the mobile devices. Uh. I don't think it's quite there yet, especially since during the Android preview they had at Google I.O., uh, it crashing twice on the same website. Yeah, I've heard that's pretty common. I I can't remember what the other event was I heard, but they were doing this, the same sort of demo, and it just kept crashing. And people were shouting out websites that they wanted to see. Like, one guy said, show us Hulu. And the guy the guy giving the demo just said, nah, it doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it's there yet. Well, that uh, and all the security issues with Flash, uh, it is such a pain right now. There are just so many security issues. Would you really want Flash for doing anything with like e-commerce or anything right now? Yeah, well, no. That's why you don't see Flash e-commerce sites, right? Because it's just you just can't do it, right? Like. I don't know. I mean, it's very rare now to see full Flash websites anyways. I mean, you see them sometimes in the creative industries. You see photographers who have full Flash websites or some design agencies do. But in the business world, you really it's pretty rare that you see that nowadays. Uh, do you guys want to go to westmtmall.ca? W-E-M.ca? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, that's probably the worst website I've ever seen. Oh, man, don't say that. I think my friend works at West Edmonton Mall. <laughs> Some <laughs> some flash. I've been razzing WEM because you know there's sites done in Flash, not search engine optimized. The user interface is complete garbage. Oh, it's insane! Like uh, I I honestly thought it was an April Fool's joke when I first saw the site. Well, it's a Flash developer's portfolio. That's what it is. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, it is a pretty bad site. Well, I mean it's. And that's the thing is the potential. Like the client is huge. They've got obviously they got money, 
right? Like yeah. they could have put that towards like a beautiful, like nice, clean, like because there's so much information, right? And I mean, when you go to westedmontonmall.com or wem.com, whatever it is, what are you looking for? Are you going to be wowed by their amazing site? No, you're going to find out what stores are open, when they're open, what their hours are, how do you get to this store? You're looking for information, right? And in that respect, that site is a complete failure. Like it's so hard to find anything. It's ridiculous. And it doesn't work on the iPhone. And the fact that this is uh, absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) uh, uh, I'm at the site right now and all these images, it's like they're trying to do a slideshow, except it's flashing white all the time. Yeah, it's it's crazy. This is... Oh, man, I should have a talk with my friend because this is... (laughs) Well, Well, it makes me me wonder what... Like, do they have an internal... Team yes. that works on that, or yes. do, they out- yeah. do they outsource that? They have an internal team, right? So, wow, yeah. If I were them, I'd switch over to Drupal or Joomla. Uh, don't use WordPress, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, use some sort of content management system where you can optimize things. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just it, right? When you've got a ton of information, that's what needs to drive the design, right? The design needs to get out of the way. Where in this case you see nothing but the design. That's all you see. Like the information yeah. is in like all those little boxes and it's flipping all over the place. Like it's just. Yeah. They, they really need to actually determine their target audience. Like if yeah. you're going to target someone who say like, okay, West Edmonton mall, let's say it's going to be in between someone in the ages of like 20 and 30. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, target your website to be <laughs> appropriate for that, that user. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm 26, turning 26, and I just don't have the attention span for this stupid site. No, right? Well, it just then, and how many younger people between the ages of say 17 to 40 have iPhones? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> and in fact, you know what? I I was in a situation where I I mean, this is like I have my iPhone, and when I'm out and about and say I, I want to, okay, I got to go do this. I wonder if it's open. The first thing I do is open up my my iPhone and try to search for it, right? Yeah. And I mean, try to do that with Westam Tamal. You just, I mean, what happens when you look at it on the iPhone? Is there do they detect for it? Do they, uh, or is it just a big no? I haven't no checked up? it uh, lately, but last time I did, it said iPhone content goes here. Oh wow, that's awesome! And it was live. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Who knows? It's probably, I don't know. It's a big place, a big organization. There's that's the kind of thing. That, who know who knows what the what the story is, right? Well, I know I won't ever get hired by West Edmonton Mall. I'm too opinionated about things. Yeah, and I did this, so they're going. <laughs> yeah. My pos- job possibilities West Edmonton Mall, but I, I actually worked at West Edmonton Mall when I was like 19. I worked in Galaxyland, so I've already worked for them. Ah, uh, it was great. But like <laughs> for this, like. There should be heads rolling for this in marketing somewhere. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody should be getting, uh, you know, talked to about this, or or maybe the higher ups don't think the iPhone is a valuable, like, uh, device, right? Yeah, but even then, I mean, take the iPhone off the table. It's, I mean, there's nothing. There's not a. There's nothing good about about what's happening there, right? Well, if you yeah. Google Apple Store in Google. Right, Apple Store Edmonton. Yeah, West Edmonton Mall's website's like on 
bottom of page two. Yeah. For a site that big with that much traffic, there's no way it should be down there. Oh, I know. Right, but you know, some people may not see it that that same way, right? Like maybe someone in West Edmonton Mall just just said no to the iPhone, right? We don't care. Well, even still, I mean, Android, any smartphone, right? Even if you got a BlackBerry with Opera on it. Yeah. I mean, you. I don't have a data plan, so I don't use that, but I know lots of people that do. And if you want to see what time the Apple Store closes at West Edmonton Mall, yeah. on a BlackBerry browser, you're not going to go past page one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at the uh, job postings for West Edmonton Mall right now. <laughs> and they're looking for an interactive marketing coordinator. <laughs> well, there, there you go. There's our chance. Yeah. And <laughs> for uh, strategies including the mobile applications. <laughs> yeah. Well, they need help. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, this has been a pleasure, but our hour is up. All right. Well, thanks. It's been fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, Dalen, open invitation. Anytime you'd like to come back on. All right. Thanks, Trevor. So, Troy, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks. All right, guys. Have a good one. This is the Object Key webcast. Stuff on Google. PC. Fred, you got Vista 64 yet? His router's piece of garbage on. That's probably the hyper threading kicking in and the 20% faster per core. GTX 280. Google Docs. Not fun. Yeah, well, you know, you understand where Microsoft's trying to come from, where they're trying to change the file edit view menu. My money's going to be on no, you will not have a problem. And, uh, yeah, I've had nothing but good experiences with it. Very big mistake if it wasn't backwards compatible because, I mean, they got harassed about Vista. Well, in the business world, if your apps don't work, you don't switch. Because the thing here is, I mean, the apps are backwards compatible. Yeah, but we heard this all before. You know what? I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it lasted you know, for five years, and I bet you. So yours will be better right now for rendering, but the i7s will be faster.